0: All right, welcome to MMA on the Rocks, episode number 34. Today is Sunday, February 5th, Super Bowl Sunday. I'm here with Jeff the Animal Wilson. Jeff, how are you feeling on this uh, Super Bowl afternoon?
1: Awesome, I'm being lazy today. I mean, dude, today should be a national holiday. A Monday after, too, so I don't have to go to work.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure tomorrow is one of the, uh, the most popular sick days in America. If I remember correctly. Does that sound sound correct to you?
1: Yeah, I believe the statistic is that about 1.5 million people will call out of work tomorrow.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, And rightfully so. I mean, I guess the day after should be kind of a holiday because, I mean, you're just drinking beer and eating crappy food all day. So everybody deserves a little recovery time from that. Do you... uh, you got a dog in this race today, or what? Patriots and Falcons.
1: Well, Bill, as you know, I am a Patriots fan, despite being from the uh, New York slash New Jersey area. Uh huh. But I don't care, Bill. I don't care if it's frowned upon. I like New England. I like Tom Brady.
0: Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm however, really, I'm enjoying the the comparisons of Tom Brady and Donald Trump. <laughs> Have you seen any
1: of this? No, I have not. People. But I know what you said about Tom Brady on Facebook, Bill.
0: Oh, yeah. How, <laughs> win or lose today, Tom Brady will be the greatest of all time at losing to the Giants. <laughs> is,
1: that, <laughs> but, um, is that not a true statement? Okay, it is. But um, I'll be honest with you. I'm a fan of the Patriots. And before we get into the MMA stuff, just real quick. I think that they're going to have a hard time today against the Falcons. I don't see them being the Falcons just because the Falcons are a very well-rounded offense. They have two really good running backs in Freeman and Coleman. Uh, they have a combined like 2,400-plus uh, rushing yards and 24 touchdowns between them in the regular season. Yeah. So the game plan, I guess, is just to keep Tom Brady on the field for as long as possible and, you know, this is going to be one of those, uh, the best uh, defense is a good offense kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, one thing you could say about Tom Brady, love him or hate him, the guy just wins, even when he's not supposed to. I mean, even when you take away his best weapons, like trade away his best players or or put them in jail for murdering people, uh, you know, the guy just finds a way to win. And whether... You know those ways are legitimate or not. You, you can't uh, discredit the guy for his ability to just win all the time. So yeah, good for him, and, yeah, good, and good for the Patriots. I I hope it's a good game. Um, you know, I, I'm just looking forward to some chicken wings and and alcohol today. W- what are you gonna be uh, sipping on for the big game today, Jeff?
1: Uh, I'm probably not gonna be sipping on anything because I I gotta go to work tomorrow. Uh, well, why don't you join but, um,
0: the 1.5 million people that are going to be calling out sick and have yourself a few adult beverages during the Super Bowl?
1: Nah, my daddy didn't raise a bitch, Bill, so I got to go to work tomorrow.
0: <laughs> well, in that case, drink your face off and get your ass to work anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now you're talking my language.
0: I, uh, uh, I I, got a pretty exciting afternoon in store because I went to Publix, which is... Uh, it's a local grocery store here in Florida I guess if you're not from the south You don't know what Publix is But uh, it's it's the go-to grocery store And they also have liquor stores And the liquor store always has some obscure sales So I I was craving some Jim Beam today you know, Jim Beam is, is one of my all-time go-to's If I can't make up my mind about what I want to drink And they just happen to have the 1.75 liter on sale For like 23 bucks so I was like, "All right, this is this is done." You know, I'm gonna have some comfort food today, and I'm gonna have some comfort whiskey, some nice Jim Beam. So I go to the register and I'm, I'm checking out, and the cashier says to me, "Hey, do you want two of these?" And I looked at him, and I said, "Well, yeah, I do, but why do you ask?" And he said, "It's ten dollars off if you buy two of them." So what yeah needless to say i came home with two giant jugs of jim beam and uh this is going to be a really unforgettable super bowl or a very forgettable super bowl because i'm going to go through two jugs of jim beam but uh i'm looking forward to it jim beam is like i said one of my go-to's so hey they make
1: a great bourbon
0: man yeah i mean it's you know you can't you can't beat it you know Pound for pound, the best value you're going to get in a bourbon. Yeah that's, the Beam. Best,
1: yeah, that's the best deal in town. Yeah. It's like a sword dick. You can't beat it.
0: <laughs> well, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again, I always say. <laughs> but uh, in any case, I'm planning to do that today, the Jim Beam, with some uh, black cherry Zevia Cola um, those of you who listen to the show regularly know I'm a big advocate of the Zevia sodas. They're calorie free, sugar free, but they still taste really good, and they don't leave you feeling all bloated and like your your teeth are all gritty and full of sugar and everything like that. And the the black cherry is my favorite. Uh, I think it's the the best tasting soda out there uh, because nah, even, even I'd like probably... a even like a cherry coke. I don't I don't really like the the syrupy of it, I don't I don't like my soda too syrupy, but I I don't have much of a sweet tooth. What were you gonna say? What's your go-to soda, Jeff?
1: No, I I enjoy the brand. It's just that I like the cola really a lot. It was oh, really good. The reg- Very, regular, regular cola. Soda.
0: Yeah, yeah, the, I- the cola is good. So there were some fights this weekend. Uh, I got it. I got to make a confession. I kind of I kind of took the weekend off from watching the fights. So, I um. I went out last night, a buddy of mine, had uh, his band was playing at a bar in Tampa. and They they had the fight on on TV, and I was kind of glancing at it uh, periodically. I did see the, the decision Ovin St. Prue lost, and uh, on the way home, I did watch the main event on my phone. But um, yeah, there was nothing that was really jumping off the page on this card for me. I don't know how you felt about it, Jeff, but uh, I felt like it was it was an okay time to take a weekend off, especially because last week's episode, I don't know if you heard it or not, but I, I didn't even mention this card, and it's because I completely forgot it was happening. And if you're out there saying, you know, I shouldn't be doing an MMA podcast if I'm not watching uh, every MMA card, then, you know, fuck you, it's my show, I can do what I want. So... There's that, but (laughs) Uh, what about you, I second that motion. (laughs) What about you, Jeff? Did you catch this one?
1: No, I mean, there wasn't a lot of talk about this card. I actually completely forgot. I was watching this movie Cinderella Man, which is like one of my favorite movies, and one of my friends texted me, are you watching UFC? I was like, no. Uh, Ah. Is there UFC on tonight? Um, And I'm a little upset because they should have made a bigger deal about this. Um, the return of the Korean zombie. You know he's back from he was serving his country, uh, in the military for two years, and now he's back kicking ass. I don't know why you wouldn't make a big deal about that.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting in a lot of ways because if you're not gonna make a big deal about it, then why make him the main event? Especially because newer fans have no idea who this guy is. And it, it I realized it yesterday because I was talking to a guy at my gym. And he said, he said to me, uh, you know, I'm going to watch the fights tonight, but I don't really know much about this Korean zombie guy because he said he just started watching MMA in the last year and a half or so. So anybody who's new to the sport really has uh, no idea who this guy is and the, the classic wars that he's been in, uh, especially over in WEC, uh, his fights with Leonard Garcia uh, come to mind especially. He fought him twice, right?
1: Yeah, and he also ended up hitting Leonard Garcia in the UFC with the only twister submission finish ever.
0: Oh, that's right. Good memory. Yeah, and yep. then he fought uh right before he went away to his military service, he fought Jose Aldo for the title and uh, you know, went four rounds with him before he got TKO'd. But, you know, that's when Jose Aldo was still
1: Sorry to cut you off, but um, another reason that he lost that fight is in the middle of the third round or towards the end of the third round, his shoulder actually dislocated, yeah. popped right out of place.
0: And he just kept on going. That's a tough son of a bitch.
1: Well, that's why he's the zombie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's no disputing that. But yeah, it's interesting because uh, anybody who's a newer fan of the sport, which obviously there are a lot of them because... You know, the marketing's gotten so much better and Conor McGregor and Ronda Rousey and uh, whatever other factors play into it. There's a lot of new fans to the sport. Uh, And you don't think about it sometimes. You know, people like you and I are so engrossed in it and have been for the longest time. Uh, You don't think about people who have never heard of Chan Sung Jung. And uh, usually the, the Super Bowl weekend card is a big card with big names on it. And... That that just didn't happen this year. I don't know if, you know, Dana White was planning to go to the Super Bowl because his Patriots are in it, and he didn't want to put anything behind this card, uh, or or what the story was. In any case, uh, impressive comeback fight for Chan Sung Jung, knocking out Dennis Bermudez in the first round, and I think Bermudez was a little upset about the stoppage, but. Uh, I thought I thought it was a very fair stoppage. I mean, he was, he was out pretty cold. And I was also impressed with uh, Korean Zombie's takedown defense. He said he was working on his wrestling a lot uh, while he was away in the military, and it, it paid off. I mean, for a guy who's been out of the game for two years to come back and have a first-round knockout win in a main event, um, you can't really make a bigger statement than that in saying that you're back. What was your impression of this fight, Jeff?
1: Yeah, I was really impressed with the Korean Zombie. Not just his his offense, but also, like you said, his takedown defense. Uh, At no point was he on the ground, on his back anyway. And he caught Bermudez with a really nice uh, counter uppercut, which dropped him quick. Um, You know, he still looked like, like you could tell he hasn't fought in a while, but he looked really good. And Dennis Bermudez is a tough customer. I know his rank is not that high in the division, but he's a tough dude, man. Uh, He's fought the likes of uh, the Pitbull, Llamas. He's gone toe-to-toe with some big names. So it's it's hard to discredit that win for the Korean Zombie in his comeback fight, no less.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think Bermudez was ranked number nine in the division, somewhere around there. So I would assume that this... Win puts Korean Zombie right up there in the top 10 at 145 pounds. Uh, any idea who you would like to see him fight next?
1: Mm, that's a tough one because Bermudez is a little bit lower on the rankings and it is his first fight back. Uh, I'm going to have to get back to you on that one. Yeah,
0: but he, I mean, he does have a lot of steam behind him. Uh, you know, with such an impressive knockout in his first fight Definitely. back, so I would say give him somebody ranked seven or eight, maybe in that division. I think uh, I think Cub Swanson might be might be a good fight, uh, or you know, Korean Wonder Boy. So we have the the battle for South Korea: Chan Sung Jung versus Do Ho Choi.
1: Oh, okay. I like that.
0: Yeah, that could be. An interesting one. I, I don't know if they're training partners or anything. I don't want to assume that just because they're both Korean. But, um, yeah. So let's make it let's make it a, a main event. Three names each, five rounds. I, I kind of like it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, let's go for it. Let's see who the baddest man in Korea is. Um, so the rest of this card, I guess we could kind of just glance over the, the results since uh you know neither of us got too deep into it and uh if you have a problem with that i'm not really sorry about it because i have i have two gallons of jim beam sitting here so nothing's gonna get me down today but uh felice (laughs) Herring uh pulling the upset over alexa grasso i I believe that was an upset i think uh grasso should have been the favorite coming into that fight and uh pulled out the unanimous decision so uh, any reaction to that fight? Did you catch any of it, Jeff?
1: I did not. Uh, Felice herrig has been a little quiet lately, mm-hmm. so good for her to get a, a, a win like that, especially if she was the underdog. Sure. Uh, I, yeah, but uh, I didn't watch it, and I didn't look for it today. Usually if I miss a card or something, I'll look for it the next day, but uh, to, I didn't want to do that with this card. Uh, however, I did watch the fight uh, right before it, James Vic beating Abel Abel Trujillo via submission with a darts choke. Uh, that was a really good fight to me, Bill. Yeah. James Vic, uh, he was awesome on his feet, man. He was using his reach really well, using it to his advantage, uh, keeping Trujillo away. And then when it came to the ground, man, Vic just went to work and he had a couple of submissions locked in, but Trujillo was strong enough to uh, ride out the storm wait for him to get a little bit tired, and then get out. But at the beginning of the third round, he got rocked with, I believe it was a flying knee. Uh-huh. So he gets rocked, and James Vick locks up a dark choke. wasn't the cleanest dark choke, but he got a lot of pressure with his chest onto Trujillo, and he had to tap. Yeah, so uh,
0: I'm looking at the results of the fight here, and I didn't see this one, but they have the finish listed
1: as a brabo choke. Um, I don't know, uh, what that choke looks like. Uh, but to me it looked like a darce choke, but it was, it was kind of modified. So,
0: yeah. So a, a bravo choke would be, um, more, it, it basically traps the head and arm like a, like a darts choke does. And as always, it's difficult to explain this, uh, with just audio. Uh, but, uh, maybe I could throw something up on Instagram. Uh, later today but it it basically uh attacks the neck more so it, you get the the forearm digging into the the carotid artery a little bit more uh than in a darse choke whereas a darse choke just kind of squeezes the head and arm together and that's the force of the choke so i, I don't know if it was a bravo choke or if it was a dars they're they're pretty similar but either way uh Abel Trujillo is a thick-necked dude, so the fact that James Vick was able to pull that off is uh, pretty impressive, but he's a pretty lanky lanky guy. So it sounds like it was an exciting fight. I might have to go back and check that one out uh, if you recommend it, Jeff. Yeah, I definitely
1: recommend going back and watching that one.
0: You've never steered me wrong in the past.
1: I know, but I'm a terrible influence. (laughs)
0: Those are both true facts. Uh, (laughs) So, something else that happened, Ovin St. Prue loses to uh, newcomer Volkan Ozedmir. I have no idea if I'm saying his name right. Uh, It looked like Ovin St. Prue, I I did catch the end of this fight, it looked like Ovin St. Prue had a flurry at the end and he thought that he won the fight. He did enough to get the victory, lost a split decision. Uh, I mean, he's lost Four out of his last five now. And here's a guy who, you know, was just in there with John Jones not too long ago. Uh, the last time Daniel Cormier had to pull out of a fight, which uh, seems to be a pretty common occurrence now. And uh, John Jones officially, I think, announced to be facing the winner of Cormier and Rumble Johnson, which takes place next month. But what do you do with Ovin St. Prue? Clearly a talented fighter. Uh, He's kind of on a bad streak here. Three in a row is typically the magic number. Do you see the UFC getting rid of him, or do you see him on an undercard with maybe a little bit of an easier fight? I think those are the two options that the UFC has to do with him. Uh, Which way do you see it going, Jeff?
1: I'm going to go with the latter, just because Owen St. Peru, he's a good fighter. We've seen him put on shows Uh, I feel personally, I think that if you put his name on the undercard, you're going to draw a good audience into the undercard. So, you know, maybe put him on the undercard, give him a little bit of an easier fight and just let him ease back into like a winning streak. Give him that chance at least.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I don't, I don't see them getting rid of him, especially since it was such a close fight and, uh, his last fight against Jimmy Manuel was really exciting and Manua obviously the UFC thinks highly of him he's gonna be headlining a card coming up pretty soon uh, so I I agree I think they keep him around uh, you know that first for guys who put on exciting fights and who are fighting uh, you know top competition that three fight losing streak rule seems to be a little bit more negotiable uh, I'm gonna jump down a little bit Jessica Andraj, defeated Angela Hill and I think Angela Hill stepped in to be a last minute replacement here which uh this was her call up fight back from Invicta so you know she went through the ultimate fighter and uh, and everything like that and then uh went to Invicta won the championship there she was the strawweight champion she you know was was looking good over there and I guess she got called back up to the major leagues so to speak it seems like that's the way the UFC is using Invicta as kind of a, a farm system for female fighters. Uh, but, you know, coming in against Jessica Andrade, who's just so strong and so well-rounded, uh, this, was, this was a tall order for Angela Hill, but she did make it the distance with her. I didn't see the fight, obviously, but um, the only surprise to me is that Andrade didn't finish the fight. Uh I didn't really see a way for andrade to lose this one what are your thoughts Jeff
1: I agree with you a hundred percent I feel like Jessica andrade is a force in the women's strawweight division I believe it is uh-huh am I getting that right yep uh and and Angela hill uh she hasn't been too hot in the UFC I remember when I saw her on uh Whatever season she was of the Ultimate Fighter, and not being very impressed with her, I didn't like her record. I saw a couple of her fights. I'm not crazy about her. Uh, I feel like you, she was a feeder fish, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's fair. I like what you're saying about. Yeah, um, I like what you're saying about using Invicta as like a breeding ground, kind of like a, like the WWE does this, where they have these smaller organizations that they own. Uh, like Ohio Valley Wrestling, where you know uh, wrestlers will just go there to really hone their skills before getting put onto the main roster. Yeah. So I, I agree with you on that. I think that's a really good idea, especially for a division as young as the women's uh, weight classes are. Uh, so I feel like it's a really good idea to just yeah. breed them.
0: Yeah, and I think the UFC is is starting to develop a lot of these kinds of things. You know, they have Titan I- FC, which I believe they own a percentage of because it appears on the Fight Pass platform, and they can just pick and choose fighters from there. Uh, it makes it a lot easier than going out and scouting organizations. You know, when you have your own your own feeder program, I'm sure they're still looking at other fighters, but. Um, yeah, they need to have like some kind of minor league system in place. And uh, I, I agree with a lot of what you said about Angela Hill, but uh, she did have a lot of success in Invicta. She went undefeated there, winning four in a row, and she was the strawweight champion. She had a couple of finishes. But uh, Jessica Andrade, uh, she's one of the few fighters who changed weight classes in the UFC for the women. And that's difficult because the only weight classes that exist, as of today, are straw weight at 115 and bantam weight at 135 now that's a 20 pound difference so Andrade's dropped 20 pounds to come down to straw weight and she looks great but I think she's the exception not the rule I don't see a lot of women being able to change weight classes like that so it makes things like super fights very difficult and I really think they need to have some middle ground and add that 125-pound division, uh, which I've been advocating for for a long time. Uh, Bellator's got it, but then Bellator's missing some of the other divisions. And, you know, like we said also before, UFC did add a featherweight division, which doesn't really make much sense because they don't really have many featherweights on the roster. In fact, they're having two bantamweights fight for the inaugural championship. So... A lot of strange things going on there, but while we're on the topic of the women's strawweight division, I heard a rumor that Michelle Watterson is going to get the next crack at Ioana Janjic. Um, Now, I I haven't heard any confirmation or when this is taking place. Uh, what do you think about the Karate Hottie taking on uh, Ioana for the title?
1: Now, if you recall, Bill, when I was down in Florida, we did... Our live brawl crawl, mm-hmm. which the listeners can listen to on SoundCloud, and you know I, I remember being super impressed with how she handled Page Twelve Gauge Van Zant. Mm-hmm. So um, I I would like to see that fight, but I think it's a little soon for Michelle Waterson. Yeah, uh, remember it's been a while. It was a while before she fought when she fought Paige Van Zandt. and right. she hasn't had too many fights since I know it's been uh, a short turnaround it's only February but uh I don't know man I'd like to see her get in one or two more tune-up fights and then go and put it on the champ I think that if you give Michelle Waterson like a tune-up fight or two I think she can beat Ioana and Jacek which is saying a lot because we haven't seen anybody do it yet
0: yeah, I mean, I think she's definitely more well-rounded than Yoanna is. Uh, she definitely has a better ground game. I actually just watched the uh, the episode of Bully Beatdown that Michelle Watterson was on. Um, and if you're one of those new fans who, who uh, has never even heard of the Korean zombie, you probably don't remember Bully Beatdown. It was a show on MTV that was hosted by MMA fighter Jason Mayhem Miller, where they would have kids who were getting bullied, and they would take the bullies and put them in the octagon with a professional fighter and uh, they would do a grappling only round and then they would do a striking only round and they were they were playing for money so every time the bully tapped out they lost a thousand dollars and the kid who got bullied gained a thousand dollars it was it was a fun show um but michelle waterson was on there and uh she definitely has a better submission game and my thoughts on her not being ready for the title shot i i tend to agree but then there's the side of me who remembers um, fights like Holly Holm uh, taking on Ronda Rousey because I was I was of the opinion that Holly wasn't ready based on what I had seen of her in the in the UFC. Uh, I thought she was being thrown to the wolves there, and you know sometimes that's when people shine the brightest when they're they're big underdogs and people think they're not ready. So that could be the case, or. Or maybe not, um, but yeah. Any, any other thoughts on that, Jeff? Uh,
1: okay, I'm. I mean, I don't totally disagree with you, but I kind of disagree with you on the Holly Holm thing, just because Holly Holm had 19 world championships in boxing, uh, and I know that Michelle Watterson, you know, she's a Taekwondo champion. She was the atom weight champion with Invicta for a while, but I mean. Dude, I feel like Johanna and Jacek is a different animal altogether.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would want to see it. Um, I, I, I oh, agree. Definitely, I, definitely. I think it's too soon, but it, it's, it's interesting enough to me where I wouldn't say, oh my god, they can't do that fight. Um, so that that would interest me. Uh, a rematch with Karolina Kavokovic would interest me as well. As far as the the next crack at Joanna, I thought that fight was so competitive and so close, and uh, you know Carolina was really turning up the volume towards the end of that fight, and both of them just seem to get better as the fight goes on because they're both you know Polish terminators pretty much. Um, so yeah. I, I wouldn't be mad at that rematch either. I think it's I think it's more interesting than the rematch that was scheduled. Uh, between timer Woodley and steven Thompson from that same card, but uh, either way, uh, I, you know, I think you can't go wrong if you put Michelle Waterson in there against Ioana. I think that's an easy fight to market. I, I think that could easily headline a pay per view. Uh, you know, if you're having Holly Holm and Jermaine Duranamy. Uh, headline of pay-per-view you could definitely have Ioana Chick and Michelle Watterson headline one uh, was there anything else on this card that kind of stuck out to you uh, Chaz Skelly who we brought up a couple of times on this show had a rear naked choke in the second round of his fight and uh, Beck Rawlings another loss I, I would imagine the UFC is probably not going to hang on to her much longer uh, a- any reaction
1: to either of those Jeff nope, I got nothing for you, Bill. I was going to say something clever about Beck Rawlings losing, but I got nothing.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, I'm not really inspired by it either. <laughs> I mean, it just kind of uh, it is what it is. Uh, so, next weekend, February 11th, we, we do have that UFC 208 pay-per-view, which you know, I, I mean, I've said before, I, I'm definitely not going to pay to watch this one, but there, there are some interesting matchups. Uh, Jacare and Tim Bosch is is not a bad scrap. Um, it's nice to see Jacare staying active, even though he believes that he's deserving of a title shot. So I don't always like when these guys refuse to fight because they want the title or nothing. So um, even though he's ranked much higher than Tim Bocht, I'm sure you got to credit Jacare for for taking on a tough fight uh, when he feels that he's deserving of a title shot. Um, yeah, so I'll probably try to catch this one, uh, you know, at a bar or online or something. And then the the one fight that, again, I'm shocked that is the second fight on the entire car is Dustin Poirier and Jim Miller, which I don't understand how they could do that unless it's another one of those... Uh, you know, fight pass, star, building, fights where they try and build up the fight pass platform with it by having it be the main, under undercard fight. But you know, Jim Miller coming off a, a three three fight win streak, especially after beating a welterweight in Tiago Alves in his last fight, uh, and and Dustin Poirier is is a big time name. Also, it makes no sense to me. It's on the undercard. Any thoughts on that fight, Jeff?
1: Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me, dude. Uh, Poirier versus Miller looks like a barn burner to me. I don't know why it would leave that so low on the card.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, that's a head scratcher. But if I had to guess, it's gonna be the feature fight on Fight Pass, and you know, one of those fights that they're gonna use to try and get people to sign up for it, which. Uh, you know, you shouldn't need too much incentive because Fight Pass is great. If you're a Fight fan, there's no reason not to have it. Uh, with all the with all the grappling events and all the old UFCs you can watch and you can go back and watch every season of Ultimate Fighter and it's cheaper than Netflix. You really can't go wrong uh, with a Fight Pass subscription. So it makes a great gift too. So we'll just keep plugging yeah. it even though... It, they don't sponsor us but you know we like it so we, we talk about <laughs> things we like here until that's it until somebody pays us to talk about things we don't like uh, we'll continue to do it that way <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm all aboard on this um but real quick just looking up and down at this card uh i like glover Teixeira. he's got a fight on here against jared cannon here uh-huh uh Glover Teixeira is ranked number three in the heavyweight division. I don't know why they're giving him Cannoneer. Um, but Teixeira, uh, I would like to see him take on like Rumble Johnson or Alexander Gustafson. Try to get yourself back into the title conversation, you know. Why are you fighting a number 15 guy right now?
0: Yeah. You don't need this. Well, Glover just fought Rumble Johnson. He got knocked out in 13 seconds. So.
1: so fight Alexander Gustafsson, Bill. Fight <laughs> somebody who's going <laughs> to... Because remember, remember, Rumble Johnson has also knocked out um, Alexander Gustafsson, made him cry in the middle of Stockholm, um, yeah.
0: well, it which of... actually
1: broke my heart. You know, broke my heart. You know, I'm a big Gustafsson fan. Um,
0: well, Rumble's a and beast. Also... Sorry? I said Rumble is a beast. I mean, that guy has to have the scariest knockout power
1: in the UFC. Yeah, I still have a hard time believing that at one point in his life, he fought at welterweight.
0: Oh, man, it's ridiculous. I mean, the guy could could fight at heavyweight. He seems like he's still cutting a lot.
1: Yeah, he's a big boy. Um, also, somebody who I like on this card is, uh, I don't know if you've heard of him, he fights out of Henzo Gracie, New York. Uh-huh. Uh, his name is Randy Rude Boy Brown. Uh, I actually got the chance to meet him at a uh, fight night in Newark uh, last year, I think it was, or the year before. Uh, so he's a really cool dude. So shout out to him. Uh, he got picked up on Dana uh, Dana White's looking for a fight. So uh, cool dude. Hope he does well against Bilal Muhammad.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that should be. That should be a good fight too.
1: Yeah, but that's on the undercard. Uh, I imagine, but uh, keep an eye out for for Rude Boy Brown. I think he's going to do big things in the UFC. Uh, he's a good striker. He's pretty well rounded, and he's got a good reach and stuff. So he can do some crazy stuff.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on him. Um, yeah, that fight was was added late, I believe, to the card. So um, this will be the third UFC pay per view already in New York. So it's. It's been sanctioned in New York for less than a year, and this is already the third—I'm uh, sorry—the third fight card, the second pay-per-view. So the first one was at Madison Square Garden, and and then a fight night in Albany, and now pay-per-view in Brooklyn. Uh, they they weren't able to get—they—they they tried so hard to get, uh, you know, big name fighters on this card, and of course, Anderson Silva now seems to be the go-to card-saving name uh in a in a fight that makes no sense against Derek Brunson. Um do you have any, any thoughts on this fight or or how it came about, Jeff?
1: Uh I'm wondering how it came about because uh like you said, it seems like Anderson Silva is starting to become Mr UFC. You know, he's there he's the UFC's Hail Mary at this point. Yeah, he's um, a
0: company guy. They brought him in at UFC two hundred when they didn't have an opponent for Daniel Cormier because John Jones got busted with his dick pills. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's great that he's a company guy. I mean, especially since he has nothing to prove, you know, he, he could be one of these guys who says, you know, I only want money fights and, you know, he's, he's done more than enough to, to earn that right. And, uh, you know, he's still, wants to do what's best for the company. So you got to admire a guy like Anderson Silva in this situation. And Derek Brunson, even though he's a young, strong middleweight, uh, he has that style that is dangerous, which, you know, the rushing in and swinging wild, that's really dangerous against someone like Anderson Silva. He may have lost a step since his prime days, but, uh, you know, those are the people, I mean, I just think about Vitor Belfort running into him and then, and then meeting that front kick to the face uh that's, that's all I can think of when I think about people rushing in on Anderson Silva. So uh, it could be a rough night for Derek Brunson, but he also has that grinding wrestling style that gives Anderson Silva trouble. Uh, Daniel Cormier gave him a hard time with it. Chael Sonnen gave him a hard time with it in their first fight until you know the last 45 seconds when Sonnen got submitted. But uh, that grinding wrestling style does give Silva a hard time so it, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see. It's this is like a jousting match. It's gonna be whoever lands their lance on the other one first uh, is, is gonna take this one. So the the more I talk myself through it, the more this is kind of an interesting matchup. So I, I am kind of interested in this fight, but I'm still not paying for this pay per view out of spite uh, because I don't think it should be a pay per view at all. Um, all right, Jeff. Any any kind of culminating thoughts on? Uh, UFC Fight Night Houston, UFC 208, uh, Super Bowl, Jim Beam.
1: Uh, Jim Beam sounds delicious. Uh, the Super Bowl is going to be awesome. And as for the UFC, man, I don't see anything, any card really from now until... Uh, I don't see any future cards that really draw my attention up until Cormier versus Johnson. In it, But that's in April. Yeah, and that's still a big if, you know, Uh, what's his face? Cormier still has to make it to the octagon. So,
0: yeah, and that's, you know, that's always a big yes. But we do have uh, Derek Lewis and Travis Brown fighting at Halifax on February 19th in Canada. So that's kind of an interesting fight, especially. uh, And we should talk about this as well. Travis Brown uh, left Edmund Tarvidian's gym. I don't know if you heard about this, Jeff.
1: I did not. Yeah, so Travis
0: Brown is out in the middle of fight camp, I guess. He just up and left. And, uh, you know, Edmund has to be the most criticized coach in all of MMA right now, Uh, most famous for coaching Ronda Rousey. And I I guess the criticism is that he tried to convince her that uh, she's a boxer. And it hasn't worked out so well for her in her last two fights because she got away from what got her famous and that's her judo and her submission skills but yeah travis brown leaving glendale fight club and you know he's lost three out of his last four and this is a guy who came out with so much hype behind him he was supposed to be you know, without a doubt, the next world champion, and it was kind of hard to doubt that for a little while when he was just blasting through people like Gonzaga and Overeem and Josh Barnett. You know, finishing all those guys in the first round, um, but you know, it seemed like the the brakes got pumped on his career when he got mixed up with Edmund, and uh, I guess he had enough. Uh, I haven't heard any statements from him, but. He definitely has left, and he went back to his old gym. Uh, There's been no word on Ronda, whether or not she left, but uh, Dana White has come out and said that he doesn't think Ronda will ever fight again, and I find it hard to disagree with that. But I think uh, Travis Brown uh, and Derek Lewis is going to be an awesome fight. I mean, they're both really explosive, powerful heavyweights, uh, so... Uh, that should be that should be pretty interesting, and you know there's some other intriguing matchups on that card, but uh, we can we can get a little further into that in a couple of weeks. All right, so uh, anything else you want to get off your chest now, Jeff? Nope, that's all I got for you today, Bill. Cool. All right, we'll call it a day. Happy Super Bowl, everybody. Uh, if you want to get in touch with Jeff, you can get him at animal underscore Wilson on Twitter, and if you have anything you want to say to me any uh, displeasures with the podcast bring them on at MMA on the rocks Twitter Facebook Instagram or you go to MMA on the and you can find the podcast on iTunes SoundCloud Google Play if you're listening anywhere else right now or you can go to MMA on the you can listen to it there uh, please leave a review if you're digging it let us know what you're thinking and drinking and that's all we got for this week cheers everybody goodbye